0: Hello and welcome to the first Guernsey Press Sport Podcast of 2022. We had hoped to record our review of the year around Christmas time, uh, but illness and isolation did for that. Uh, so today we're back to have a little look over the last 12 months, but also cast uh, an eye or two over what's coming up too uh, this year. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me I've got Jamie Ingall. Hi, Tony. Gareth Prevost. Hi, Tony. And Rob Battis.
1: Hi, Tony. Admiring your hydro flask there, Tony. You're looking very, very smart. Was that, what's that supposed to do? It looks like a bomb. <laughs>
0: it's like a pipe yeah. bomb, yeah. Oh, you know, stay hydrated, the new year, new me.
2: Yeah. Christmas present, kind of was
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I've been carrying that around for weeks. <laughs> gone,
2: gone green. Um, well, yeah, happy new year, guys. Good to see you back. Yeah, it's nice to be back, Tony. Having done my ten days in isolation, feeling pretty normal, but having to do it, and then taking holiday over Christmas as well because I had to do that, it's nice to be back in the office. Actually, I'm happy to see familiar faces.
0: Yeah, it's been a fairly quiet Christmas, uh, kind of all round, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, a lot of people laying low or being laid low.
1: The word miserable comes to <laughs> mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course tonight, as we record this, we should have been looking forward to the Guernsey Sporting Achievement Awards at Beauzey Shore. Uh, they, of course, have been postponed. Bit of a shame, but. Those Trophies will be handed out at some point, and Rob, you'll be on hand, I'm sure, to do that. Apparently, you yes, were in line, apparently, to me, to yes. Be um, we'll, we'll wait to see just exactly when those awards are rearranged for. Um, but of course, this year we were looking forward to the return of the Guernsey Sports Commission trophy, which is the top accolade uh, at those awards. It was rested last year with, with not much. Um, off-island competition to look back on. But this year, as I say, it's back and there are six sports people up for recognition as the outstanding performer of the year. Uh, I'll quickly run through them. Ala Chalmers, who retained his British 400 meter hurdles title in 2021. His brother Cameron, uh, fresh from debuting at the Olympics. Uh, fellow athlete Abby Galpin, Guernsey's fastest ever woman. Uh, Mayor Letizia, who had another stellar year in the professional game. Uh, Seb Prio, winner of the first Porsche Carrera Cup North America title. And Alex Scott, the man of the moment at Bristol City. Um, It really is a a fine shortlist, has to be said. All six of those still very much on the up, um, all six still very young. I mean, we were saying before, Gareth Cameron Chalmers is the oldest among them at just 24.
2: I know, it's amazing. Like when we sort of re- receive the nominations list and you're sort of looking at the names, you think, yeah, fair enough, because they are sort of all outstanding. And then just sort of just delve a bit deeper into they're only at the start of their careers. It's amazing what they've achieved already. And, and yeah, I mean, the average age of the six of them is, what, 20? Probably no more than that, I imagine. There's certainly um, a couple of teenagers in there. So yeah, it's just phenomenal what this small island of ours produces in terms of sporting talent. I mean, and and they are still on the up. They're they're all going to be they're going to be contending for this award, I imagine, for about the, the next decade or so.
0: Yeah, we sp- we spoke about it last year, Rob. I think you mentioned at one point, you know, you thought there wasn't quite as well, ma- there weren't seemed to be as many athletes kind of going off and and, and sort of. You know, putting the island on the map at the moment. But when you look at, uh, you know, certainly uh, these six and, and there's a couple of others
1: as well, does um, give you a lot of positivity for the future? Of course, yeah. There's certainly a new breed of um, star talent coming through. Um, it's, you know, we've gone well past the that, that, that period when we had the Lee Marions, Dale Garlands, Ali Merrions, Andy Prios, Ian Powells, et cetera, et cetera, who really sort of showed Guernsey the way. Um, almost 20 years ago now, but um, and after uh, after a lull, we've got this this great group of young talent um, coming through. And there's, as you say, there's a few more, a couple of good, very good, talented swimmers, and one um, or two other very good footballers around. Um, still a couple of good cricketers coming through as well. So yeah,
0: all all's well. Yeah, and three of those, of course, Jamie from the sport of athletics.
3: How much pride is there amongst there that you know that they love three? You know, half of this shortlist is from, from the sport. <laughs> um, there's loads, I'm sure. Obviously, the two Chalmers brothers are highly established. They've been among our best athletes for years now. But it's quite nice to see Abby Galpin making a breakthrough, becoming officially Guernsey's fastest woman this year with taking Kylie Billiards' hundred meter island record. Well, hopefully that trophy will get handed
0: out at some point in the near future. We'll wait to see when the awards are rearranged for. But one award that did get presented um, in December uh, was the the one that everyone wants to win, yeah. the Guernsey <laughs> Press Sporting Achievement of the Year uh, Award. Um,
2: it's a prestigious prize. Yeah, we um, when it was first um, first awarded back in about two thousand and three ish, two thousand and three four, um, it, it was it was very much an overall sporting achievement. Um, the, the likes of Andy Prio and Dale Garland were doing stuff which was phenomenal off Ireland. So after a few years of Andy Prio basically winning it every year as a world champion three times on the trot, um, we did change it to very much a, more of a domestic-based and we sort of try and uh, recognise people who perhaps won't be um, at the forefront of everyone's mind, but some people who have achieved something pretty special in that year.
0: Yeah, and this year's winner um, was young golfer Ollie Chedham, Uh, who in 2021 became the island's lowest handicapped golfer. Uh, He's just 17 now. Um, He had a stellar season. Um, Gareth, just talk us through his achievements last year.
2: Well, yeah, like you say, Tony, um Oli is, um, I mean, he'd been junior island champion sort of three times already. He's obviously had potential for a long time. Um, Last year, because there's no interest, unfortunately didn't get to sort of play for Guernsey when he was, he was only 15, but I'm pretty sure he would have got in that side. Um, He's a very modest lad and he he never believes that he was going to be in that side, but I'm pretty sure he would have made it. Um, But he basically went into this year, or 2021, sorry, um, looking to be a scratch golfer. Um, the way the handicap system changed meant he basically was a scratch golfer as, as the, at the turn of the year. But the consistency and the, the dedication he's put into his work to get down to plus three, which is basically for those who aren't sort of into golf handicaps and things like that, basically when, once he's finished a round, they add three to his score because he's better than, <laughs> than the course, basically. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal achievement to get to plus three. Um, Bobby Ego's done it in the past. Um, but for a 16-year-old to do that, um, it just shows the the ability he's got as well as dedication. And he's a he's a really nice, humble lad, Ollie. He, he, all he wants to do at, at the moment is get better. Um, he he won the Alderney scratch. He, he because that was the same time as the Ireland Junior Championships. He wasn't able to um, defend that title. Um, he made his Ireland debut against Jersey. He went unbeaten in the Intrinslow, which is in Jersey as well. So and then sort of when I thought his season had finished, he goes away and plays a couple of qualifiers and he, he qualifies for the European Junior Open, which will be hopefully taking place in Spain in in February. So, I mean, he, he like we've mentioned with the other guy, he's just somebody who's still on the up. But what he did last year, certainly in terms of his consistency, to get to plus three as a handicap, as a 16-year-old, is just some going. And he was thoroughly deserving of the trophy. He was very... Um, <sighs> Very happy to receive it. It did make me laugh that I presented it to him on the eighteenth green of a of a closed grandmo golf course in front of a in front of a flock of seagulls and that's about it <laughs> but um, <laughs> um yeah I'm, and to be fair i'm I'm sure there's so much more to come from Ollie as well. I mean the way that the handicap system works could he get to plus four even better yeah i reckon he could do and he certainly um will continue working at his game he's not taking anything for granted that's for sure
0: yeah i'm sure he's working hard ahead of that tournament um next month uh let's just hear what he had to say then when you made that presentation down at the Mar.
2: congratulations on being the guernsey press sporting achievement of the year award winner
4: thank you very much
2: um just sort of looking back 2021 has been sort of a great year for you overall i mean how are you going to be looking back on it now that we're approaching the new year
4: i mean i'm I'm really pleased. I think it's been a great year. To start the year off, I, I know I wasn't on my best form to start the year and mm. I was a bit like, right, I've got to practice now because, you know, it's the year I wanted to break through into the mm. Ireland team and I think that helped made me practice harder because I had something to go for mm. and then getting that call up really was a big deal and then I think around that just playing as many comps as I could to practice helped my handicap at the same time.
2: Mm. Um. Obviously, there was a lot that you achieved sort of during the year. Is there anything you look back on with particular fondness? Any particular highlight?
4: I think getting into the plus figures for handicap mm. and also making my Ireland debut mm. against Jersey—that was a—that was a big thing. <laughs> I about. mean, plus handicap
2: is something that sort of everyone who's like a category one golfer strives for. Are you
4: surprised we've achieved it? I mean, you were sixteen at the time, and you actually got there. I mean, at the start of the year with the new handicap system, I was off. Scratch completely, and I said, you know, I talked to my dad, reset my goals, and I said, you know, it'd be brilliant just to get into the pluses. If mm. it's plus one, it's amazing. If it's plus point six, it's brilliant as well. And I don't think I ever expected what to get down to plus three this year, but it's now just about keeping the consistency and not not letting that slip because it's so easy for it to slip if you don't keep up the practice.
2: Yeah, um, sort of. How would you judge your overall game? I mean,
4: is there anything you particularly work on this year or? I said at the start of the year again like you know we're off the tee I think the season before I I lost quite a few shots off there so we worked hard on making sure we had the right equipment and then practicing that and I think now over the winter it's just ticking over keep practicing on the range swing working with my coach Phil and just keep ticking over and make sure that for the start of next season I feel fully prepared
2: yeah um, and in terms of sort of like driving you forward, obviously at the moment Guernsey's got a very healthy junior golf scene, and also sort of the island side, there's yeah. quite a few young. I mean, you, you sort of played with Jez Nicol, who's yeah. still only a, a relatively young golfer. I mean, is that helping sort of push you on?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think Jez has been a massive help. You know, he's taken me under his wing really a little bit, and we've played a lot this year. I've learnt a lot from him, and uh, you know, it just helps keep me push on and make sure, you know, even when he beat me in the club champs, I had to. Had to try and get back, get one back, and I'm still waiting to do that.
2: <laughs> it's always good. That's good. Exactly. That club championship as well, exactly. isn't it? <laughs>
4: Healthy competition. <laughs>
2: um, now, sort of looking ahead, obviously, hopefully, sort of the COVID issues ease up a bit, and you're allowed to do more sort of travel. Come 2022, I mean, what what sort of the next year got in store for you? Fingers crossed.
4: Well, we're hoping in the first week of January to get the news that hopefully the tournament in Spain will go ahead, and then also. You know, try and get get away and play some Hampshire events, mm. team events, and also playing bigger events like the Brabazon qualifiers and the England boys mm-hmm. and some of the amateur competitions, just to see how I'm comparing against others. Because I think for me, that's the biggest thing is I just want to see how I'm comparing against others, mm. which just get a gauge of how that is. Yeah,
2: and with regards to the European sort of thing in Spain, how much more homework have you done on the on the courses and what have you?
4: Yeah, they had a programme on Sky and I was watching it, (laughs) studying it, making sure I know what's expected. That's hopefully going ahead.
2: And yeah, I mean, is there any
4: specific goal you might look for next year? I think next year the goal really is just to get away and play as much Mm. as I can. And obviously, I think again, work as hard as I can to get myself in that team to play Jersey again because, you know, that's something I'd like to do for many years and just trying to keep progressing and hopefully get into the team again. It'll
0: be nice. Young golfer Ollie Chedham talking to Gareth there, the winner of the 2021 uh, Guernsey Press Sporting Achievement of the Year Award. Congratulations to him. Um, elsewhere, though, for you guys in terms of highlights of last year, uh, Gareth, anything that you'll particularly
2: remember? I'm not sure about sort of outstanding performances as such, but it's certainly it was just great. Certainly, I remember November actually getting back to inter competition. Uh, we had the Siam Day, which we 'd been waiting for for it was I think only about eighteen months, but it seemed like I mean, years um, just to get to get that day done and just the enjoyment it brought I mean unfortunately, Guernsey lost the Syme Cup, we won the Syme the Trophy with the ladies, and we also won the, the Nash Cup with the veterans so it was a very successful day in that regard, but just to actually have that back on the calendar was great and then sort of um, not long afterwards, the hockey inrenulas took place as well, and there were a couple of cracking games. And just it, it just had a sort of a fresh feel to it. Usually, you know, you can write in your diary when th- certain things are going to happen, but we haven't had the, the pleasure of seeing inter-island competition for months on end so it's just great to be able to get back to some sort of normality in that regard the atmosphere from that sound cup still ringing in my ears Rob anything? so is
1: those Swiss bells whatever they're <laughs> still ringing in my ears cowbells,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, Rob how will you remember 2021
1: um, for that great FA Cup final in June which I highlighted last week in the paper but also I think in a tinge of sadness really I mean I think um, when you look back now we've had um, two years without any junior Marathi football, school star trophy, school board Moratti football, under-11s football, under-16s football. Um, and knowing how much that meant to myself when I was a young youngster um, coming through, and, and I know for young generations since, not having the chance to play in those age group games is a huge, huge disappointment. And I feel really sad for those kids who um, were looking forward to their big day because... For many, many of those players, particularly at Star Trophy level, it will be their biggest day in their sporting career. And they've missed out, unfortunately, due to COVID. One or two, three or four possibly, will go on in in senior, in adult life to play a full Marathi, but it's nothing quite the same as a school boys. It, it, it really is a big, big game. And um, so I'm really fingers crossed that we're going to have those particular games this season. It's a centenary junior Marathi. Um, so And it's been staged here, so that's something to look forward to in March. And um, fingers crossed we'll get that. And I also um, have sympathy for, um, on the cricket side of things, for the, those college cricketers who have, you know, that sort of generation, who've, two or three-year generation, who have missed the chance of getting their name on the honours board at the college field with the century. Um They've really missed out I know they've had cricket, but it's not quite the same. In the years to come, the old people, the old boys, can ask them. You know, did you ever get close to your your your, your century and your name being put on the honours board? And they'll say, "I'm sorry, we never had the chance because we weren't able to play Victoria for X number of years." And so let's hope that is righted this year, because it's a it's a big shame.
0: A lot has been missed over the last couple of years. Yeah, for, I mean, at the top level, you
1: know, GFC has been has been resurrected. Um, Raiders are back playing again, and these these adults um, are getting their sport and their moment in the limelight, but uh, or moments in the limelight, but. For the other say these um, age group moraties, it's just a shame they've not happened.
0: Well, we'll come on to the year ahead in a moment, Jamie. Um, yeah, what was the standout um, sporting event or moment of the year for you last year? And we, we, you can't name your big marathon finish. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I'll take a similar approach to Rob and sort of. Uh, go back to what I chose as my sporting highlight of the year in the paper um, I wrote about their Trident Trust All-Train Challenge um, It took place in a period of the summer when Interwincia Sport was still sort of pending return and it was just it's primarily local events taking place and I just thought it's a seven-day running stage race. I just saw it as a fantastic showcase of what we've got locally and how we can put on great competitions without necessarily needing inter competition. That that inter thing was missed, but as you say, the way
0: that the on-island competition, um, yeah, was kind of uh, was sort of strengthened in that time was yeah, will be memorable for sure. And, and you know, as you talk about football, uh, you know, strong Prio um season last year and. Um, lots of interest on island.
3: Well, specifically in the case of the All-Train Challenge, we had pretty much double the number of entrants as normal. Uh, whether that's an effect of COVID directly, we don't know. But uh, yeah, nice to see such an uptake in like, on island's activity. Doing it again this year? Possibly. Uh, I didn't get to compete last year because of my bike crash. But um, yeah, all the more hungry to get back to it this year, potentially. Yeah,
0: in the calendar. It's going to be a very busy summer, um, busy year ahead. Let's look ahead to, to some of the, the standout events and competitions that we've got to look forward to. When you look at the diary, there's a couple of weeks in July that, that look particularly, Pat go.
2: Yes, um, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, my. My Christmas present was um, um, a ticket to see England against South Africa in uh, T20 International in, on the, I think it's the 27th of July. And I've now found out that it's exactly the same time as Guernsey are going to be in Finland for cricket. It's also the day before the Commonwealth Games start. So everything is happening. It's the last weekend of July. And um, it's going to be a, a very difficult um, way of sorting out my programme, but um, I'm pretty sure I'll be going to England and South Africa <laughs> <laughs> just to make the most of it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's great. Certainly sort of in the last um, few days, chatting to sort of the cricket fraternity and the fact they've got something like this to look forward to again. I mean, it was back in 2019 when the they were thir- first drawn for a tournament in Finland and they were really looking forward to that. Got put off um, then, then got put off again because of COVID. And just... To to now have that to look forward to and be pretty certain it should go ahead. Um, it, it's uh, it just gives those um, elite island players and, and the ones on the fringe is just something to aim for. Um, and then, like you say, Tony, sort of we're then straight into the Commonwealth Games, where sort of our elite athletes and swimmers and cyclists and what have you, um, they'll be heading out and uh, representing us in in Birmingham, and that will be a, a great um, ten days or so as usual. Yeah, twenty
0: eighth of July. Uh, The Commonwealth's getting away, um, closing ceremony on Monday, the 8th of August. Uh, I've got six athletes named so far. Cameron and Allah Chalmers for athletics, Josh Lewis uh, for triathlon and Sam Caldwell, Mark Cox and Seb Tremblett from cycling.
1: I should be intrigued to uh, discover how they'll find another 22, but nevertheless, I'm sure they'll push it close, that number. There's some certainly very valid um, individuals who haven't been named yet, and I'm sure they'll come to the forefront very soon. I gather the selection meeting is Saturday week, the 15th, so um, we will shall we'll see what comes from that. And, of course, it's also a big year for Ireland Games um, qualifiers. For, that's not, you know, it's only 18 months away now, our big games, and I'm sure um, selections for in all, most sports will be particularly tough, and so... I think we're on for a bumper season.
0: Yeah, exciting stuff. Going back to cricket, obviously a busy time for the Island's men uh, over in Finland in July. Fingers crossed that one goes ahead. Uh, a bit sooner than that as well, we've got Griffins going down to Spain in February to uh, to take part in the European Cricket League. Guernsey's first representatives in that competition.
2: Yeah, bit <laughs> a, yeah. Like a bit of T10. a lot like cricket bash, and Shorter and <laughs> shorter. But um, no, it'll be interesting to see how Griffins go. I'm sure they'll enjoy the experience. And um, you'd imagine... Judging by the way, this, the group seem to be seeded and what have you. They're obviously in with a good chance of sort of coming top of their group and qualifying for what we the the Champions Week. I think they're calling it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a new experience for them. Uh, they thoroughly deserve it from their season in two thousand and twenty one, where they were they were the outstanding team in Guernsey in, in pretty much most formats of the game. Although, the one the one tournament they didn't win in Guernsey was the T ten one that happened. But there we go. Um, certainly, I hope for their sake. Um, It might be difficult because it's not in their season but I hope that um, Luke Letizia who had a brilliant season is is in sort of good form for that. It'd be great to sort of showcase his ability um, on a tournament which is going to be live streamed. Um, But yeah, they've got a very good squad if they are all available which I know Rob Thompson, their manager, is, is hoping they will be. So, um I think they've got um, a good chance of progressing into that uh, Champions final but they'll they'll certainly make the most of the, of the trip fingers crossed it goes ahead. Yeah exactly and it will get sort of blockbuster coverage really it's very uh high, kind of high concept coverage. Yeah if you I mean just following sort of like the the European cricket Twitter feed it, it there's a lot of um a lot of clips shown and whatever some of some of it isn't the highest standard but it's um it's certainly um, very good for profile and um, I think the likes of Luke with his, um, his reverse sweeps and what have you, they, they could get a lot of highlights um, out of Griffins and um, we could be seeing a lot of them on going viral.
0: Yeah, well let's hope so. That's uh, the 14th to the 18th of February and uh, I think there's five rounds or five weeks of competition uh, before a final week. So the winners of each week will then, yeah, they could be going back to, to Malaga pretty soon.
2: I think the whole tournament is 30 teams and so it's sort of split into five groups of six. Uh, farmers from are in another group and so they, they could end up um, Griffins and Farmers competing in, in finals week in middle of March
0: I'm just saying with cricket um, yeah uh, an intrinsic date pencilled in Uh, for jersey for the 50-over inter-insular and there could well be a T20 um, three-match series as well taking place here.
2: Yeah, funnily enough, the T20 series is sort of like the more likely, or it's pretty much definitely will go ahead, it's just they've they've got to sort out the exact dates for that one, but that will be um, part of the preparations for Finland as well as being an inter series, which is important in itself. Um, But yeah, it'll be um, good, hopefully, to have a 50-over inter which is going to be the last Saturday of August as things stand. Um, by which time Jersey might be quite cricketed out because they've got to go to Africa, two different nations in Africa to play various ICC tournaments and what have you. So, um, yeah, it could be a very busy schedule this week.
0: Do we think this season or this summer, do we hold up much hope of, or this year even, of, of seeing a sort of return to close to a full interinsular schedule? Obviously, we've already had the Siam, we have the hockey, we had men's golf last year, but lots of stuff didn't happen. How do you rate your confidence in it happening, all going ahead this year, Rob? <laughs>
1: I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I mean, I suppose a lot of it's down to Jersey. Jersey seem to be have the upper hand in these things at the moment because they're so they're so um, involved in ICC competitions, and they sort of are, are, are giving sort of importance to that first, and then we have to pick up the tabs around what Jersey's intentions are, which is a bit of a shame. But here we go. I'd like to see some inter-island club cricket as well. It should be good to get back on the on the show because whilst we had a last couple of seasons, we made a really good fist of the situation with COVID. By you know, with our local cricket, we really do need some visiting teams here to see something a bit different. You know, um, it's all been very uh, domesticised, and um, it's um, you know could do with um, some new new players to see.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned obviously the the new junior challenges. yeah the junior football inter Um should begin in March and and, and play three Fingers crossed, uh, the decks will be clear. Then those can happen. And uh, do we also expect to see inter-island club football as well returning? Who knows? <laughs> I mean,
1: the draw's been made for the Wee Way, um, but um, whether those games will go ahead, we don't know. Um, I would hope so. Um, if if there's inter-island junior, you know, junior ratties and schoolboy Ratties, there's no reason why the um, the, the Jeremy and the Wee Way can't pl- be played. Um, whether we'll have a Jeremy Cup to um, to actually play for is another matter. Other dates to look out for, Jamie, there's another Granite Man this year, which is
0: an unusual occurrence.
3: So it would normally be a biennial event, but yeah, we've got back-to-back Granite Mans. Um, Last year's event, while successful, was a half event in a certain sense, in that we had half as many numbers as normal because it had been postponed at late notice due to fog on race morning. And... They held it two weeks later, but not everyone could do it again. So it will make it a busy uh, year for triathletes. Some will take the Island Games qualification, some will target the Granite Man, some will undoubtedly do both.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff being planned as well um, that we haven't mentioned. So uh, yeah, looking forward to how this year unfolds. If I had to push you guys, I mean, what are your hopes for 2022 in terms of Guernsey sport and where do you think your highlight of the year for 2022 might come from? Rob?
1: Certainly, um, I hope we have a full inter island programme. That's the main thing. That's really, really key um, in all sports, not just football. Um, and highlight? Ooh, a Marathi win. It's about time we had one, you know. Um, Jersey will be really f- strong favourites, I fancy, and if you feel that they are going to win, you know, they've held the upper hand in recent years, but... I still think we've got a bit in our, got it in ourselves to actually pull pull a shock out of the bag and in front of the cop at Springfield, which I see is is about to be created. Which did make me giggle when I saw that yesterday. <laughs> that, um, that there's changes afoot at Springfield to um, bring down the cages at the ends of the ground, which have spoiled recent Marates, and. Um, the Jersey Bulls are looking to create a cop like atmosphere or Stretford Lynn like atmosphere at Springfield. Um, I, I look forward to seeing that <laughs> and see how that develops. Cause I can't quite imagine it, to be honest. Gareth, what do you reckon? I
2: don't know, there's so much that I enjoy looking forward to every year. Um, I must admit, I. I I'm very much looking forward to seeing some fresh faces out on sort of various sporting fields, certainly the cricket field, like we've been talking about getting different opposition over and Guernsey being able to go away will certainly help. Um, in terms of um, perhaps more sort of more immediate um, things, I'm, I'm hoping Raiders um, get back to sort of winning ways relatively quickly. They, they're they're actually doing what I consider very well, National 2 the second time round. They're in the top half sort of going into the new year. They've got a very important sort of three weeks ahead with uh, three home games on the trot because of the way the season has panned out. Um, And hopefully, I mean, Jordan Reynolds was very cagey at the start of the season, sort of like suggesting what his targets were. But I'd imagine perhaps top five, top six would be where they were probably aiming at this moment in time. And if they were to achieve that, I think that would be an outstanding um, for, uh, first season back at, at level four because it, it really is high-class rugby at that stage. I mean, most, most of the guys, most of the teams were up against a, what you probably regard as semi-pro. Um, the, the physicality, um, the, the skill sets required to play at that level are, are very high. And um, I think Guernsey have done really well so far. They've, they surprised me with their sort of seven wins on the trot. I think that was more than what anyone could have expected um so yeah um hopefully they manage to sort of push and get up a couple more places by the end of the season finish off the season with a double header cyan si, win that'd be fantastic <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure what you'd rather win one in jersey and hold it for a week or win one in guernsey and hold it for a year <laughs> might as well just win both hey, yeah yeah really? <laughs> exactly win them both i mean
0: may is going to be uh, potentially pretty packed then um where, where do you think your highlight might come from,
2: or would that would that be it? Um, if we were to win a Siam, that's always a highlight, because we, we don't get it very often, even though we've been very competitive in, in them for, for um, quite a few years now, compared to what they were sort of decades ago. Um, a Siam always is a big thing. Um, other highlights, I, I, I'm always interested to see how, how our elite fare at Commonwealth Games level in whatever sport they're in, um, and it'd be, it'd be good to see... Us, um, you know, depending on what sport you're in, if swimmers reaching finals, stuff like that, that would be really good for, for the island.
0: Jamie, have you got hope for 2022 and where do you think your highlight might come from?
3: Uh, of course, I think just collectively, I want to see Guernsey like well represented at national type competitions with freer travel to such events and obviously seeing more inter type events across a full variety of sports locally, just generally return to what it was in 2019, hopefully.
0: And where do you think your highlight might come from?
3: <laughs> I think no matter what the sport, I just want to watch a good local inter insular Auto. That's what I'm looking at as something that's potentially a highlight. I focus quite a lot on local events with my recent highlights. So, yeah.
0: Well, fingers crossed, yeah, all of that does come to pass and uh, Guernsey's trophy cabinet's are full of silverware. Right, before we go um, with this few... More things to talk about. Um, the first, on a, a sad note, um, uh, we've been paying tribute this week, or we will be in the paper, to someone who made an enormous contribution to sports cycling in Guernsey, Rob.
1: Yeah, Alan Renard, um, sadly passed away this week. Um, I'd regard Alan, as, um, along with Gary Walbridge, as the two most influential and greatest cyclists, Guernsey's ever had, you know, the club celebrated its 50th anniversary a couple of years back and um, basically Alan has been involved throughout nearly all that period, competed in the um, Commonwealth Games in 1970 as an outstanding cyclist for many, many years but he did so, so much for the sport which people tend to forget you know he sort of there wouldn't be a velo, successful velo club now without the likes of Alan Rooneyard who kept it going for so many years I can recall my early days of the press you know attending the sort of Easter festival and other road races and Alan if he wasn't racing was down on the finish line at Rocaine with clipboard in hand stopwatches. watches what have you enthusiastically telling myself and anybody else who was near about the performances of the various individuals and and he just he just absolutely lived and breathed that sport you know and it, I should say he was absolutely fantastic for it and um, after there was a period of course in in, in latter years where he, he's, he he was asked to become or became um, Velo Club president. I, I think it's fair to say he wasn't an outstanding president. He was one of those guys, though, who was he was a brilliant serge, um, committee man, somebody who you could depend on entirely. And, yeah, even when he stood down and Gary Walbridge took over, he didn't go off in a huff. He just carried on doing his best for cycling. He was still there at the finish lines at St Saviour's, for example, on the reservoir circuit, still excitedly talking through the performances of people out on the road. He just was Mr. Cycling. Um, and Gary Woolbridge was made a very, very pertinent point in our tribute, which goes, under, goes out tomorrow, that if anyone in cycling cycling, ever deserved an MBE it was Alan Renyard because <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant and it's a very very
3: sad day for sport
0: yeah absolutely and Jamie you've been putting together that tribute which yeah. will be in the paper tomorrow
3: yeah some some quite heartwarming comments there uh, one story I did have relayed to me several times was the fact that he didn't actually pass his driving test or he didn't even take his driving test until his 60s but he was looking for a way to get around to more cycling competitions in the UK and France so so he went and took his test and sort of had a new lease of life with his cycling
1: he was, he was one of a, a very very small band of sports people who you just don't see anymore he absolutely gave everything to that sport and fair play to him,
2: fair play to him. So I remember the first time I met Alan, it was, it was during an Easter, Easter um, festival, cycling festival and he was organising it and he was um, he'd just set off the, the group of riders on a road race from the reservoir circuit, so we are at what was the Roof school at the time and, um, you know, the, these riders disappear. You don't see them again for another quarter of an hour because they're out on the course. And I didn't get a word in edgewise because Alan just spoke cycling to me for the next quarter of an hour until they came through and noting down who'd gone through. Then the next quarter of an hour when he would be talking about cycling. He just absolutely... He, he was an encyclopedia
3: of cycling. Yeah, he was. Oh, My personal memory of him was doing an interview for the 50th anniversary of the Velo Club, which took place in 2018, uh, Alan, he knew everything. He would, he'd be chatting for hours. The interview went on quite a lot longer than expected, but a lovely chap. So glad to have met him. And yeah, obviously incredibly sad news.
0: Yeah, huge loss to cycling and to Guernsey sport. Um, our thoughts, of course, with uh, Alan's family and friends and, and, and the whole sport of cycling uh, in the island. Um, right, before we go, uh, there's news of a, a handover. <laughs> a changing of the guard on the, uh, the top table at the Guernsey
1: Press. <laughs> yeah yeah um, just to let everybody know if you haven't heard already um, we have a new sports editor at the Guernsey Press and not before time Gareth Le Prevo who's been bailing me out for the last few years <laughs> has, has finally taken over the reins as of this week um, and congratulations to him I'm sure you'll make a fantastic success of it and um, be around for many many years to come Um Yeah, I'm sort of going back into the... Well, leaving the department as from Monday um, and making... Weekly appearances on the touchline on a Saturday afternoon to the end of the season, and but um, that's my much my bit done. Yeah, we well, say. yeah, well. <laughs> the funny
2: thing is, I haven't told him where he's going yet. He could be um, going to some <laughs> very strange games in in Railway Shield or something like that. I <laughs> rather don't than care. GLC. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You haven't got rid of him just yet, though. Go. Uh, well, no, uh, I mean, sort of officially, I, I took over the role this week, and it, it, I think Rob's still sort of quite enjoying giving him the orders. <laughs> <laughs> It comes natural, it comes natural <laughs> No, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been great working with Rob I mean, it's was, it was sort of, it very much thanks to him that I, I ended up in the Guernsey Press Sports Department Obviously, we've known each other a lot longer than actually the time we worked together because of our Cobo Cricket Club connections and um, uh, when Rob took over as sports editor he, he, invite, he actually invited my dad in as with my dad was um, Guernsey Cricket Association President just to have a look around the press with quite a few other sports people And my dad said to Rob, well, Gareth's quite interested in being a sports journalist. Can he come along too? And Rob said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then before I knew it, Rob had been roping me in to help out holiday work. I've always been an easy touch. Always (laughs) been an easy (laughs) touch. He'd been sending me out on winter nights to all sorts of places. But um, no, so um, it's been great to work alongside him. He's always very supportive of of everything we do. And um, yeah, like like he says, we haven't quite got rid of him yet. He will be still um, helping us out on reporting on the touch lines for the... Hopefully the remainder of the football season, for sure. And, um, yeah, still passing on his knowledge. Yeah, fantastic. And you've got a big project for the next few months as well to keep you busy, Rob.
1: Yeah, apparently, um, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into um, marking the press's 125th anniversary celebrations. We've got lots and lots and lots of features coming up, um, an exhibition or two. Uh, So from next week, I'll be getting stuck into that full time. So getting my old hat head... Or hold hat head on and um, yeah, it's been good time, good fun, and, um, but as I say, I won't be disappearing from the sports scene, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely have a full debrief with you before uh, before yeah, the summer. Yeah,
1: there's a few stories to tell. Most of them, unfortunately, can't be um, <laughs> <laughs> produced on, on yeah. air, but never mind. I'm sure we can come up with a few, which can be. Well, you'll still be coming on the podcast as well, won't you? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not?
0: good to hear. Um, well, yeah, Gareth, best of luck with, uh, with the new title. Thank you. I'll be introducing you first
2: from now on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel the weight on my shoulders already. Absolutely. <laughs> um,
0: well, cheers, guys. Lots to look forward to this year. Um, we will, of course, uh, be bringing you a Gunsy Press Sport podcast every Thursday. Uh, to keep you uh, informed and entertained and across everything that's going on and celebrating all those wins. Um, we'll also be back on Monday with the Guns Press football show. So keep an ear out for that. And that'll be running until the end of the season. Uh, do give us a follow on social media if you're not already. I'm sure you are at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to pick up a paper Monday to Saturday for the very best local sports coverage. We'll uh, leave it there. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Tony.